Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart. 
I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you have any questions, or uh, even if you want to just come and visit with us, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Sorry about the technical difficulties that we have, but thank God that God has intervened. And so on today's show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Miss Craig, and she's going to talk to us about human trafficking, what is human trafficking, how to be aware of it, and much more in the episode called Stop Trafficking in Its Tracks. So without further ado, Moment of do, we want to introduce our very own Miss Craig on the line. How you doing, Miss Craig? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Doing great. I thank you for your patience and thank you for you coming on the air. And we want to just jump right in right now because I know there's a lot of nuggets that you can give us. Um, first and foremost, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well. I am Nicole Craig, as he stated. Um, I have been teaching human trafficking for the last two and a half years. I have a master's degree in forensic psychology with the emphasis in personal counseling and family um, counseling as well. And so I took an interest in human trafficking back in 2012. I had no idea about human trafficking. I had didn't know what it was. I just took the class. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And when I took it, it was mind-blowing. And so um, after that, I began to study and study more. So that's a little bit about me and about human trafficking. Okay, okay. Yes, now, I will say this. Uh, I took the class a couple of weeks ago, and you advised me to take the class before you come into, you came into the area, and I want to tell you, I'm so glad I did. There was a lot of information. There's a lot of things that I just did not know. And being honest with you, I thought that human trafficking only happened uh, overseas, or I just thought it hope I thought it just happened, you know, just to a small group of people. But wow, I was amazed and how much and how frequent it happens. So um, let's first let's talk about what is human trafficking. Well, okay. So human trafficking is basically the, um, it's like modern-day slavery. It involves the use of force, fraud, and coercion to obtain some type of commercial sex act. Basically what that means is that any commercial sex act in commercial sex act in exchange for something of value, meaning that, um, say, for instance, if you want a tank of gas, you can actually um, use someone to pay for gas. Or, say, for instance, if you are a trafficker and you um, want a free hotel, well, you can use that victim to pay for that hotel because you you offering her services. And basically – Human trafficking is considered the most profitable form of transnational crime as we speak. And the reason being is because it's a um, three, 
um, $30.5 billion industry. And that's just putting it mildly. Um, the industry by itself is um, $120 billion, but that's when you include human trafficking, um, uh, labor trafficking, um, organ trafficking, and all that. But human trafficking is the largest part of that. Mm-hmm. And so we see that the most interest um, entry as far as young adults or young kids is the age of 12, to 17. And some will say, oh my God, that's pretty low. Well, it is simply because a lot of these traffickers, they target these young girls and boys because we don't want to dare and leave out the boys as well, even though most of the time we talk about girls, but have no mistake about it, young boys are being trafficked as well. And so hmm. they enter that world of trafficking, and sometimes it's been as um, young as the age of 10. But the point of entry is actually pretty much 12 years of age. Hmm. And so also wow. we have a um, – there's a three element that I like to um, talk about with human trafficking. And basically it's like the act, um, what is done, and that's the recruitment. That's the transportation and transfer of harboring of that person. Um, what is the means, um, how it's done. Um, most of the time it's used by threats. Um, coercion, like I said, fraud, um, deception, abuse of power. A lot of times people have seen the mood taken, and they automatically think that human trafficking is like that movie. It's not. It's far from it. Um, there's no one beating on any females. Basically what happens is when a trafficker um, meets his victim, um, there's two types of pimps. Uh, we call one a Romeo pimp, and that Romeo pimp uses psychological means to manipulate that young girl, and basically um, he will actually give her money, buy her outfits, um, give her anything that she wants to gain her trust. And once he gained his gained her trust, or she, because there's also females that are traffickers as well. And so when that person gains the trust of these young people, then they start asking for favors. They put on them as, um, can you do me a favor? And then they'll say, well, we need this um, to survive. Can you just um, sleep with this one person um, tonight and um, I'll love you for it. They use that psychological manipulation for them. And so that young person will think, oh, my goodness, i do anything for this person, especially if this young person is coming from a broken home, especially this person coming from a home where that person has been abused sexually and physically, especially if that person is coming from a home where they have strict rules and they decide to run away. Because a lot of times girls and boys, they run away from something into something. And so we also have the purpose, what is being done. And the purpose is exploitation, which includes um, prostitution, um, sexual exploitation, and also pornography. Hmm. A lot of times people don't understand that human trafficking involves three um, known areas, which is, you know, most of the time they say, oh, it's prostitution. No, it's not. It's also stripping at the clubs. Because when these men go to these clubs, they don't know how old that person is up on that stage because guess what? 
that owner is not always asking for ID. And so if a trafficker wants to take a young girl um, to a strip club, they can, especially if they offer the owner a percentage. You think anybody going to ask any questions? Hmm. And then pornography as well, where they will take pictures of these young girls and they'll post them on different ads. And then they'll tell them, they'll thread them and tell them, hey, would you like your parents to see this? Would you like your grandparents to see this? And so that young person would think, oh, my goodness, no. So what do they do? They keep continuing to do what this person asked them to do. Mm. And so wow. now jump in any time now because you know I can go fast with no, no. this. No, <laughs> I know no, it's go mind-blowing. Ahead, go ahead. Keep... No, no, go, go ahead. Go then... ahead. I, think, I think that the information is uh, more needed, so you can continue. Okay, so that was the Romeo pimp I was talking about. Now, when you say, when I talk about a gorilla pimp, a gorilla pimp is someone who used um, their victim by control of violence, physical violence and force. These are the um, traffickers that when they, um, these girls run away or um, they decide to want to be friends, because sometimes they don't call them pimp, they call them their friend. And so when a lot of times when they become their friend, well, this person will use physical force to make them do what he wants them, he or she wants them to do. They're not nice at all. They can appear nice, but they're not. Now, Romeo Pimp, the one that used that psychological manipulation and he's my boyfriend type of mentality, they can also turn into a gorilla pimp, especially mm-hmm. when that young girl decides that she don't want to do it anymore. Well, guess what? He wants his money. And most girls have a quota each night that they have to work. And this pimp does not care if they're tired. Most most time, most of the time, their quota is anywhere from 1200 to $1,500 a night. And they have to make that quota because if not, well, then that pimp is going to abuse them. Now, you would think, hmm, is anybody watching these young girls on the, you know, how do they look? Well, guess what? There's no certain look when it comes to trafficking. They uh, Most of the times, they're not going to be sleazy. They're not going to have sleazy clothes on. No, they're not because that pimp does not want to be recognized. And so he's going to make sure that the young girl is presentable because what he's going to mm-hmm. use is a young lady called the bottom, which is another female that he has groomed that was once a trafficker herself. She's the number two person in charge. She's responsible for supervising the other females and making sure they follow the rules and regulation. She's the right-hand person, as you would say. She's going to make – sometimes she's going to collect the money. She's going to book hotels. She's going to post ads. And if necessary, afflict any type of punishment if they get out of line. Now, the bottom – because she's a number two person, she's not going to allow anyone to take her spot because she wants that pimp to recognize her. So a mm-hmm. pimp loves to be called certain names, and a popular name for a pimp to be called is daddy. Now, that when you rescue a young victim, they never know that person, the trafficker's name, because he wants to be called daddy or friend or my boyfriend. And so this is a term that is used to call for him. And also we have what is called the wire because human trafficking is a serious business. And with the wire, what they do, they get on the line to other pimps and let them know which area is hot, which area is not hot, 
um, where you can make the most money at. It's a big, it's a big ordeal, because guess what? Texas, what what ranking do you think Texas is for human trafficking? I thought Texas would be somewhere, maybe number seven, number eight. Well, guess what? Texas is number two in the nation hmm. for human trafficking. And Dallas, Fort Worth, is the number two cities for trafficking. Now, Houston is number one, but Dallas-Fort Worth is number two. And the reason for that is because of our intersection interstates, because Interstate 10 goes from east to west. That goes mm-hmm. clean across, and it goes clean across Texas. Then you have Interstate 35, and then you have Interstate 45. There's three main cities that traffickers love, and that's Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston. We call them the three the three triangle cities. Because when they get on the wire, if Houston is too hot, then they'll come to Dallas. And if Dallas is too hot, they go to San Antonio. And they'll keep using those three cities um simply because that's what they that's where the money is at. And a lot of times people think that, oh, well, okay, well, since you do have trafficking or prostitution, as they like to say, what is down in the southern sector? No, it's not. Trafficking has does not discriminate. It's in all areas. It's in the rich and famous. It's in the poor and slum. It's in the middle class. It's all over. There's no particular place that human trafficking happens. And the reason for that is because traffickers like to go where the money is at. And where there's money to be made, that's where they at. The buyer, and this is called the John. And that and that buyer, he's fueling the market with his money. Because if a trafficker doesn't have a buyer, then he has nothing. Trafficking is number two in the nation as well. Simply because when you have... It's starting to oversee drugs because when you have a drug mm-hmm. deal, a drug deal is still, drug drugs is still number one. However, when you have a drug and you want to make that one sale, that's it, right? You have to go yeah. back and they have to go back and replenish it. Well, with human trafficking, that trafficker can use five females or even two females over and over and over and over. He doesn't have to replenish that female. So that's the reason why it's the most profitable um, form of um, transnational um, crime in the world. Now, these also have people to help them, which is called a recruiter. And they will put these recruiters in middle school because the trafficking starts in middle schools and sometimes elementary. And they'll put them at the high school bus stations, at the mall. And these recruiters are pretty much the same age as the uh, as the um, victim that they're trying to get. And what they do is they'll give them some money and say, hey, can you get your friend to come and play with us? Or, hey, I like your friend. Mm-hmm. Or do you know that person? I gave you $100 if you can get that person to come and talk to me. And then once they do that, they got them, um, especially if there's someone they really, really want 
they're up the price. Then you think, hey, kids not going to ask no question if somebody give, offer to give them some money just to have someone to come and talk to them. They don't think anything mm-hmm. of it. And then once that pimp gets that female, then he likes to lure them in. And basically, like I stated in the beginning, he lures them in by gaining their trust. Because a lot of times they want protection. They'll tell them they want to advance them. They give them a home. And most of all, they give them love and opportunity. Because they let them know that, hey, I love you. I wouldn't do that to you. Especially if there's a young girl that's in a home where she's been abused. Well, he's going to lure her in by showering her with gifts first. And once he get her all them gifts and make her feel loved and make her feel wanted, and like I said before, then he starts slowly asking for favors. And when he starts asking for favors, that's typically how these young people end up being victims of the trafficker because they play on their deepest emotional wound. And they and they, and they tell them, hey, what would I do this to you? I love you. I wouldn't dare do anything to harm you. Just do this one favor, and I'm going to be right near. I'm going to be near you all times. And a trafficker will maybe will drop them off at a hotel and park across the street to make sure they fulfill what they're doing. Now there's a story um, that came out uh, in the paper um, probably about a year ago, where it was a young girl. She was a runaway. She was 15 years old, and she met this guy. In, um, in the West End. Now, at first, she was a little leery about, you know, speaking to him, but he was a Romeo pimp. So he talked to her and gained her trust and asked her, hey, do you want to ride to Roulette with me? And, you know, she hesitated, but he told her, hey, we're just going to take a ride, nothing harm. So he picked, so she decided to get in the car with him. Well, he also picked up another young girl, which was his bottom. And so... They end up taking this young girl to a hotel where he raped her. And then he told her, I need for you to go with her and make this money. She didn't understand, but he, she said, hey, he turned into a gorilla pimp then. He told her if she doesn't, well, then he was going to harm her very physically. So she did it. Well, after a few times, he, the one of the buyers had a complaint that she didn't perform right. Now, you're thinking, 15 years old, are you serious? Well, what the trafficker did, he beat her because she didn't perform correctly. Well, this young girl ended up running away. She ended up, she, getting, she got away from her traffickers, and she went to the police with her parents, and she told them what had happened. Well, when they arrested this young man, he stated that he didn't know that she was a runaway. But... The thing about it, every time this young girl would call her mom to say, hey, I'm okay, he would pull her hair to make sure she wouldn't tell her mom where she was. So how you didn't know she was a runaway? So it's stories like that that makes me very interested in human trafficking because, like you said in the beginning, people think that it happens in far countries like Asia, you know, Africa, no, nowhere in the United States, and it does happen overseas. However, it's here in the United States as well, and it's very, very big. And the thing about that is that kids don't understand how vulnerable they get when they run away. 
And so how you can tell somebody has ran away, they're going to have a backpack. They usually are looking scared. And so this is what a trafficker wants. They want those type of females or type of males that has run away and they looking lost. And, you know, in the West End is one of the biggest hubs for human trafficking. Simply because most kids do what? They go down, down. And believe it or not, DART is one of the biggest hubs for traffickers as well. Because you can get on a train and go anywhere in Dallas undetected. Because the only thing I do is buy a bus pass, have that female sit two or three rows in front of you. And when you and when the stop is there, you have her get off or he get off. Who's going to notice? How are you going to figure it out? And then we also have some indicators, some things that what to look for. What are you looking for when you see someone that you think may be trafficked in a you know, young person? Well, first of all, if you have a child that used to be very talkative and all of a sudden they don't talk anymore, only thing they want to do is come home and go straight to their room or they desire they don't have no desire anymore to play sports. Or you notice that they come home with a lot of lavish gifts, it's something that you hadn't bought them at all. And you, when you ask them about, hey, where did you get that gift from? They have a lot of excuses of how they got it. Or you find out that your child has been skipping school and you're trying to figure out, okay, where are you now, if you're not at home and you're not at school, where are you? And they make up some excuse and you know it's not correct. They have a you know a dramatic change in their behavior. That's the most. That's the biggest indicator is their behavior and when it changed. Also, what about if they start engaging with friends that you have never heard of, and when you ask them about that friend, they tell you, "Oh, is oh you know that person," and they and you can never meet their parents. Mm-hmm. Or when you have. Um, they don't want to be involved in the community anymore, go with you as far as like where you used to go to church all the time or you used to go and feed, you know, go with the community to feed the homeless or anything like that. And all of a sudden they have they don't have an interest in that anymore. Also, when you notice that this certain friend that they're with all the time and you can't get that you know, your your daughter or son away from that friend because every time you turn around, they want that friend to come home. They want to go over that friend's house, but the friend can never come over their, their house. Mm. That that's, that's, that's time to look at that. Also, when you they have a school ID and all of a sudden that school ID, they don't have it no more. Or if they have a driver's license, they don't have a driver's license no more, and they can't give you a good explanation of the reason why they don't have their ID anymore. And also, when we're talking about trafficking, even though we're looking at the age of 12 to 17, adults also can be trafficked. Now, you might say, no, that's not possible. Yes, it is, because we have a lot of young women and males that are vulnerable, that are depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a trafficker will also look at them as well and say, hey, 
the same manipulation, thinking that they're their boy, you know, especially Romeo, thinking that that's their mm-hmm. boyfriend, and they get to buying them gifts. And then all of a sudden, this trafficker has them in an unknown place they can't get out of. And they start threatening them. Who's, who, what you going to tell them? That I was dating this guy, and all of a sudden, he's got me on the street? Yes, that's what you tell someone. But in their minds, mindset, they're not going to say anything simply because they feel ashamed. They think it's their fault. And how do I explain it? How do you explain? So make no mistake, human trafficking happens to adults as well. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about appearances as an indicator. How your child was dressing at first, and then all of a sudden they have Gucci this and Gucci that, Coach this, Coach that, and it's their clothes. And then when you ask them about it, they always have an explanation. That's that's another indicator, especially if you hadn't bought those clothes. And then um, they don't want to eat all of a sudden. You notice that they're starting to lose weight. And then what about the freedom to move around? You notice that when they come home, they're in their room, and then sometimes are they sneaking out? Do you know? You don't. You don't know if they're sneaking out or not. That's another indicator, especially if that's something that that child is not used to doing. And so when we look at human trafficking, it is very, very, very big. And it's just not to just one certain race. It's it's to all races. Believe it or not, it happens in the black community a lot. It happens in the Hispanic group a lot. Asian, is 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 it's all races, and like you stated earlier, when you say you thought it happened overseas, a lot of people get that misconception about human trafficking only goes to one certain race. It does not. Mm-hmm. It's all races, and then we look at some indicators about the internet. The Internet is a big hub as well for human trafficking. You say, hmm, what do traffickers find their victims? They go to the mall. They have them in the schools. They have them in the bus stations. And believe it or not, when you have video games, is a big thing for trafficking as well. Because a lot of people buy their, their kids at 360 Live. Mm-hmm. Do you know who your child is playing on the other end of that game? You don't. Even adults, when they're playing, they don't know who they're playing. They're just playing a game. And what right. the trafficker will do is as they as they gain their trust, they'll slowly, slowly put it on that child. They might ask him one week, hey, little Tommy, who's at home with you? You know, a kid playing a game, he's going to tell them anything. No one. That might be the first week. That trafficker might play this game with this kid for about two or three weeks later, and he'd come back and ask him another question about his parents. Does he have any siblings? And, again, that child is playing a game, right? They're not going to say, mm-hmm. hmm, why is this person asking me all these personal questions? They're, they're 
not going to do that. They're going to answer it and keep playing. The trafficker may wait two or three weeks again. Start asking the kid about what school they go to. Are they always home alone? And again, the kid is going to answer the question. That trafficker is going to know everything about that child. And before long, he's going to ask him, hey, want to come over and play the game in my house? Because he's going to portray himself as a kid himself. Mm-hmm. And then that child will say, well, i got to ask my parents. Well, yeah, ask your parents. My mom is always home. She's, you know, she stays at home. She's, ne- she's, you know, in her room or she's in the kitchen, but she's always here. And she she don't mind watching us. And then that kid will say, well, since mom is never here, is at working late, sure, I come over. And they got in, in the trafficker say, well, I go to school, go to the same school as you. Why don't we meet in the playground after school? And that child is gone just like that. Mm-hmm. You don't know where that child is at. Don't know what's going on with that child. Simply over a video game. Also, when we talk about the Internet, what about the social Internet? You know, kids have been, even though they say Facebook is for the old people, but Facebook is still a hub for trafficking as well. Instagram is a hub for trafficking because they'll get on private chats and start chatting. Also, we have um, an outlet called Kick, which is very hard to trace. And most of the time, the traffickers say, hey, do you have a kick account? Because a kick account is only known by the name, whatever name you give yourself. It's not traced by a telephone. And once you hit that message, once you hit send, I'm sorry, once you hit send, then the message disappear. How do you ever track, how do you ever, how can I track that person? Mm-hmm. I can't. And so these are things that we look at when we talk about trafficking because it's a big world. And parents really need to get involved with their kids and know what they're doing. And then mm-hmm. let's talk about the church and trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. People think that it's it's sad to me that a lot of churches um or you don't want you to come in and speak about human trafficking because you're talking about sex. And I mm-hmm. understand that, that angle, but guess what? There were three pastors in Ohio that were charged with sex trafficking of young girls. Mm-hmm. One pastor was 37. One pastor was 38. And the other one was 47. They have ele- they got eleven counts that was indicted for them. They have been trafficking girls from the age from the age fourteen to sixteen. Wow! And what they were doing was these girls was coming to the church for after after uh, for different programs, as you would say, and they would facilitate these men to meet them at the church. And so it wasn't until the 14-year-old girl spoke out. And then that's when everything started unraveling. And then it was like, oh, my God, human trafficking happens in the church? 
Yes, it does not discriminate. So these three pastors were all claiming to be ministers, but they actually was trafficking girls from the age of 14 to 16 out of their church. Now, they pleaded not guilty. However, they were found guilty. And because the prosecutor got them on a federal offense, they can spend the rest of their life in prison. So that's why I say, you know, churches need to be aware about trafficking because it can happen. Because mm-hmm. young girls give their trust to who? The pastor. Mm-hmm. And they didn't think, and then other people think the pastor. And I'm not speaking down on anybody or any pastor. I'm just letting people know that it can happen anywhere. Human trafficking does not discriminate at all, regardless of what entity that you're in. I have another story for you about um, this happened in West Dallas a couple of weeks ago. I mean, a couple of months ago, and where a young girl escaped a man and a woman, and she got the ice cream man to help her. She got on his truck. Now, I thank God for that ice cream man because a lot of times people see young people in trouble or people in general getting abused in public, and the first thing they say is, oh, I'm not going to get involved in that. Oh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get involved in that. And they'll walk away. I thank God for this ice cream man that when he found this young girl in his truck, he didn't tell her, get off my truck. I'm not going to be involved in this. But he did not. He saved that young girl's life by taking her down the street to flagging the police officer down. And that's how they was able to bust and arrest, I mean, to arrest those couples. They have been trafficking these young girls because it was two other girls involved as well. Mm-hmm. And so people need to get educated. I can't stress that enough. Get educated with human trafficking. Get educated in knowing what's going on in the community. Know what's going on in the schools. Because human trafficking is number two in the world the world now, not just the United States, the world is a transnational crime simply because of how you can produce the money. And believe it or not, gang members, they're getting out the drug business simply because I can make money double and using girls to sell them than I can drugs. Because, see, when it comes to drugs, I can get caught doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, with trafficking, is very hard to prosecute. It's very hard to get that trafficker simply because the manipulation they have put on these young girls, the threats that they have put on these young girls and boys to where when they when this trafficker is caught, he already know who's going to testify against me. Who's going to testify against me? He'll remind a young girl, hey, I gave you a home when nobody else would. I gave you money when nobody else would. I love you. Hmm. Would you why would you do this to me? So they play on that sympathy. So most girls do not, 
they they don't they don't testify. They do not. Most boys yep. they don't testify because they feel ashamed. They feel like okay, now this is you know prostitution only for a girl, but this person this man has made me um, do this or this woman has made me do this. I'm not gonna tell anybody what happened to me. And they do that. And so trafficking, what does it look like? What does trafficking look like? It doesn't look like anything. It doesn't have a certain brand. It doesn't have a certain look. You can't walk down the street and say, oh, that's a trafficker right there. Oh, that's a victim right there. Because traffickers wear business suits. Traffickers are in very professional um, careers. Traffickers don't walk around looking like big ballers. Traffickers are just plain Jane people. They want they have to blend in. They don't want to send no type of um, attraction to them. And so that's in a nutshell of human trafficking. Did I miss anything? Do you have any questions about that? Yes, uh, I want you to bring up, you brought this up in the classroom about the father that sold his daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there was a Den father um, early part of this year, um, I think it was January or February, where um, he sold his 14-year-old daughter to a couple in Illinois for 17000 Well, because this couple only gave half the amount, he went and got his daughter and brought her back to Texas. Now, human trafficking, it does happen in the family. Sadly, but it does. He sold his 14-year-old child to a couple in Illinois for the purpose of sex trade. And when they didn't pay the full amount, he went and got the little girl. And was so sad about it when he brought her back to Rockwall where his parents stayed. The parents, grandparents now, the grandparents kept this child, hid this child, because he was going to get ready to sell her again to a couple in Florida. Now, you might want to say, wow, this couple in Illinois, what did they do? What were they going to do? They couldn't call nobody and say, hey, we paid this man $17,000 for his 14-year-old child, and uh, because we only paid half, he came and got her. No. That was just a loss. They, that was a, a $9,000 that they lost. Because who, who are you going to tell? Because you have committed a crime. And so the reason why he got caught was because um, – Somehow they found he was he was arrested on another warrant, and when they, he was arrested on another warrant, they searched his home and found the little girl, and that's when they found out that this little girl was about to be sold again to a couple in Florida. So not only was the father abusing his child physically and mentally of selling her to another couple. The grandparents as well was involved because they hid the child until she was about to be sold again. Now, the sad part about that is that this child is going to have to have a lot of counseling 
mm-hmm. because you're looking mm-hmm. at the fact that my my own father sold me, and my own grandparents was in on it. They didn't even want to help me as well. So who do I turn to? If that child would have ran away, she would have ran away from them, but most likely she would have ran into another trafficker. Because a lot of times you run away from something into something. There's also another story um, about a young girl that I met, because I'm also a part of an organization called Traffic 911, where we actually go out into the community and we actually educate um, the community for human trafficking. And there was a young girl, uh, I think the age of 14, I think, I might have the age wrong, but she loved tattoos. And she was a straight-A student, very smart, went to school, did what she was supposed to do. But she got with some friends that wasn't so goody. But that didn't deter her from doing her schoolwork. And they had tattoos. And she was fascinated with them tattoos. So she asked her parents, could she have one? They told her, no, you're too young for tattoos. No, you can't. No, you can't have that. So she became defiant to her parents. And so when she did that, they grounded her. You go to school and you come home. Well, the the basketball championship was coming up because she loves sports. So she begged the parents, begged the parents because she go to the game. She went to that game, so they said yes. So she ended up going to the game. Well. She's in the stand telling her best friend about how she was so upset with her parents because they wouldn't let her get a tattoo and just all of that. Well, it was halftime, and she decided to go to to the concession stand to get her something to eat. Well, this other guy comes up behind her and says, hey, um, I was in the stands, in the stand when I heard you talking about your parents not letting you get a tattoo. Now, this young guy, he looked average age. Maybe he was there for to see his little brother play. So he didn't look out of place. So no one would actually question that of why he's talking to this young girl. So he told her, hey, you know, my friend has a tattoo parlor down the street, and you can get a tattoo in the back of your neck, and because your hair is long, your parents won't even notice it. I can have you back in the next 30, 40 minutes before the game is over, and nobody would ever notice so she thought about it. She's like, okay, cool. So when she went outside to get in the car, she had a grinching feeling that something wasn't right. By then, she's gone now. She's in his car with this trafficker. He takes her to a hotel where his friend was waiting. They rape her. And then they took her to Oklahoma. And they was going. They started selling her in Oklahoma. Well, they was looking at the news one night and noticed there was an Amber Alert for this young girl. They brought her back to Dallas and just dropped her off. She was a lucky child because most traffickers, they it doesn't end very well with that. Most of the time, young girls that get in their life only live within seven years of their life after the fact, simply because of malnutrition, suicide, or even or a sexual disease. Mm-hmm. Now, human trafficking is very is is impossible. 
it's not impossible, but it is impossible. It's merely impossible for girls to escape that, that route. Now, there are some that do escape, and they have a long healing process, but a lot of times it's very impossible simply because of manipulation. I did a presentation last year at a Garland School District, um, Garland School, and I had a parent to tell me that before, she said, if you would have told me that human trafficking existed in Garland, I would have told you, no, it doesn't happen in Garland. She said, if you would have told me human trafficking happens in Rockwall or Rollett, I would have told you, no, it doesn't happen. She said, but unfortunately, I now know that human trafficking does exist simply because my daughter was trafficked. And it's been two years, and I could not get her away from that trafficker. She's yeah. 17 now, so she was 15 when she got trafficked. Now that she's 17, she can't keep her daughter away from the trafficker. Just this past summer, early part of the summer, there was two men that trafficked a young girl out of Garland School District. She was 14 years old. And what was going on, they was they would make ads about this young girl and they would pick her up after school. And how her guardian found out is they went through her phone and seeing that she had some suspicious messages like, Okay, a hundred dollars for this man at this time, two hundred dollars for this man at this time. And they thought that was very strange that she would have these different things in her phone. So they took her phone to the resource officer at that young girl's particular school. And, yes, she was in middle school. And that's how the arrest ended up happening because they went back and investigated this young girl. And when they talked to her, at first she was reluctant because most of the time the trafficker is going to implant in these young girls' head, don't tell anybody don't tell anybody if anybody asks you your name or what's going on then um you deny it and so a lot of times when the trafficker gets caught with the trafficker with the victim that actual victim does not talk against that trafficker they have to separate them and so that's a lot for human trafficking. It's a lot. I know it's a lot and threw a lot at you right now, but that's trafficking in itself. Yeah. Even when you had mentioned um, about them not trusting, they're told not to trust law enforcement. Yes, you know, they are. Law, law enforcement are the bad people. You know. yeah. and, and, and especially the thing that really caught my attention also was you had mentioned in the classroom that a lot of the those who are trafficked, they have branding, type of brandings on them. Can you explain that? Yes, a lot of times um, traffickers like to brand their victims. And what they do is they will make a dollar sign um, on the back of their neck or they have a dollar sign in the middle of their thumb and, and first finger. Sometimes and they have it behind their ear dollar signs, or their brand, their name. And the reason for that is to let other pimps know, this is my property. This is my girl. Don't touch her unless you're willing to pay for her. Now, 
a lot of times what's it's called a pimp circle. And a pimp circle is where um that pimp will make a victim choose up. Say for instance, if this pimp is um has this one trap one um victim and another pimp wants her, well he may pay top dollar for this um young girl and then she has to choose whether she wants to go to this pimp or stay with the current pimp. And if she don't choose, then there's physical violence placed on her. And so a lot of pimps just love to put dollar signs. And then sometimes they might brand their name um, in their lip, tattooed. Um, It was sad to me, um, a month ago, um, I seen a young girl that had bottom tattooed on her. And so... I asked her, I said, "Um, can you tell me what that means? And she started crying. I knew then that it was something going on with this young girl. She had been trafficked at a young age. She got pregnant by her trafficker. The trafficker's girlfriend knew what he was doing. And now that the child was a little, like, five years old, because it had been a while, that pimp's girlfriend was trying to get custody of the victim's daughter. Now you think, wow, a pimp has a girlfriend, he's been trafficking these girls, and you know about it, and you've done nothing. You're just as guilty as the next person when you don't help out. When you see a situation and you know it's wrong, but yet you you say nothing, you're just as guilty as that pimp. And most of the time, when they get prosecuted, they want them on a federal fence. Simply because on the fed side, you get more time and there's no probation whatsoever. And so, prosecutor is going after the buyer as well. Because it was like, okay... You're going to punish this man for selling this young girl, but what about this person that's actually buying it? They're going after them now as well. And when they get caught, they have to register as sex offenders. How do you explain to your wife or family you a sex offender because you out there buying a young girl off the street or in an ad or you was at a strip club, and they decide that you want to go in the back room with this young girl, but you don't know how old she is. And that manipulation of saying, oh, I thought she was 18, or oh, I thought she was 19. No. You can talk to a child and know that that child is not of age by the conversation that they have. And so trafficking within itself, as I stated, is a very, very large problem right now. And if we don't get educated, we're going to find ourselves and are looking at it and not knowing what it is. And it's happening right underneath our nose. Hmm. You, you know, what caught my attention, especially when you brought up about uh, how it happened to some of those, uh, the pastors, you know, trafficking some of the young ladies and stuff, uh, the people. What caught my attention, a lot of times people just assume that because of a person's position that they're not, they may not be the type of person that may be into trafficking, 
But the main thing that we have to realize, from my estimation, is regardless of the position, you still look at the characteristic of the person. You yeah. know, if, if if it's something that just don't seem right or feel right, please investigate everything. And like I said, regardless if it's within the church or even uh, one of the stories you had mentioned uh, in the classroom was about a military person, a military person that was a father, had children, but yet mm-hmm. still he gained the trust. But just because someone is, um, just because you may have a, you know, trust someone, that doesn't mean that, you know, everyone is into trafficking. But the key thing is just making sure that you examine. And like I said, if it don't feel right, if it don't seem right, and if, especially when someone wants you to be secretive about it, but don't don't tell anybody. To me, that's a clear sign of, you know what, stay away from that person and report that person if possible. Yes. There's two movies out there. There's one that came out in the movies in April, and it's called Traffic. And I will advise anybody to go and see that movie. Um, Traffic actually tells you about human trafficking within itself. And it lets you know that it happens in law enforcement. It happened to people in business, people in Congress. And it just lets you know you have to very you have to look closely at this movie to be able to understand trafficking, and it gives you a wide glimpse of what trafficking is. There's also a movie called Eight Days. Eight Days can be bought on um, Amazon Prime, and it's a video that I was able to uh, meet the characters of this movie. And this movie I will recommend for any parent, um, uncle, uh, auntie, grandparents to watch this with your kids. Um, And this movie, actually, Eight Days, talks about how a young girl decides, her mom decides to let her go out with her friends because mom was, oh, I can't let her go out. Oh, I can't let her go out. I don't want her out of my sight. Well, the one time that this mother decides to let this young girl go with her friends, everything happens in eight days. And it's a fantastic movie. Um, I recommend that um, to for any adult to watch that with their kids because it's very education. It tells you about human trafficking. Um, it tells you how you look at the, recru- the recruiters. You look at how this pimp was a businessman. He actually sold her to another person. Um, You look at how these two young girls were given away as young girls, and now they're they're bottoms. It's a great movie. Traffic and Eight Days are two great movies to watch um, to learn more about human trafficking. Okay, I'll I tell you what, uh, before we get ready to wrap up the show, uh, just in case someone that may be listening who may be a victim or may know some victims, uh, do you have any information that they can seek to get some help? Yes, um, you have the National Human Trafficking um, Hotline, which is um, 800, I mean, 888 
best to report human trafficking or if you've been a victim yourself and you're scared to tell anybody, you can call that hotline and they will direct you to where you need to be. Or if you find yourself in a situation now, if you're a victim, you can text Be Free or 233-733. And someone will respond back to you. Um, but if you don't respond back within 15 minutes, they will not text you back because they think that you're in trouble and they don't want to get you in trouble anymore. So that's two ways to actually um, report or um, tell someone that you've been trafficked. Also, we have some advocacy um, places around Dallas. New Friends, New Life, Human Traffic, I mean, Traffic 911. We have Mosette Family Services. We have Hope's Door. You have the national. You have the Texas, the North Texas Coalition Against Human Trafficking. You have Children at Risk. You have the Children Advocacy Center. Um, you also have um, the Central Texas Coalition Against Human Trafficking. You have the CES, which is the Network um, um, Cities Empowered Against Sexual Exploitation. You have the Texas Attorney General um, Office Human Trafficking Task Force. And then you also have the National Center for Missing and Exploiting Children. They also deal with human trafficking as well. I encourage anyone not to feel ashamed. Um, Don't think it's your fault because it's not. But you have to seek help. And if you're scared... Still seek help because the the worst fear you can have is not doing nothing, and you lose your life. Um, hospitals are being trained, have been trained, um, for trafficking victims to know what to look for, um, because when a victim gets hurt, I mean gets sick, a lot of times these traffickers will take them to a little clinic. You know, they can pay in cash. They're not going to take them. They'll have the bottom take them. And that way, because who's going to ask any questions? I'm just a big sister. This is my little sister, and I don't want mom to know what's going on. And she hasn't been feeling well. And she can pay in cash. Who's going to know? Especially if they have been planning this child not to say anything to anybody. Um, you also have where... They can, you know, even though they have been told not to trust the police, don't trust law enforcement because they're your worst enemy. And so kids have to trust. You have to get out there. DART police has also been trained as well to um, notice trafficking on their rail system. And um, the Boys and Girls Club, any quick trip, um, the library, if you look on the outside of the door, there's a yellow little um, rectangle, I mean, triangle-like thing, and it's going. It's, and it, that stands for anyone that's in need of help. All they have to do is go in there and tell them that I'm in trouble. That staff has been trained to take that young person to the back and call a... Um, shelter for that person now they're not going to call the police but if you're underage 
that center will come and get you, and they're obligated to call your parents. But they will help you. And so the next time you go to Quick Trip, just look outside that door. There's going to be a yellow little sign outside, and that stands for someone to help them. And it's at the bus station. It's actually on, I mean, not bus station, I'm sorry, it's at DART, on DART Rail as well. And it's in the libraries and the Girls and Boys Club. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I thank you. Um, one question I want to ask you. Sure. Last question is, um, are you open to um, public speaking maybe to just in case someone that may want to hire you to speak to their church or their uh, group? Uh, do you do any type of speaking engagement? I do. I do a lot of um, community service um, with groups, um, whether it's church, whether it's the schools, whether it's your community um, forum, because um, I like educating people. And so they can contact me at Nicole. And it's L-E-T-I-C-E at yahoo.com. And they can email me and let me know that they want me to come and speak um, at their church, at their community forum, um, at their schools, or just if some parents just want to get together and go to the library, I can meet you there. I like to educate people because without educated education, without the knowledge, you'll perish. And for anyone that's interested, they can email me. Again, that's Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, and then L-E-T-I-C-E at yahoo.com. And I'd be more than welcome to share my knowledge and share um, stories with them because I I have a lot of research. Um, I do have a presentation that I actually show um, with videos and all that kind of stuff, to get them really in tune what is human trafficking, to give them a visual of what human trafficking is. Because I can talk to you all day, but to give you a visual, it kind of hits home when I give you a visual. Yes. Now, I'll tell you what, do you have any uh, speaking engagements coming up that you may want to um, promote? Not at this time. I haven't scheduled any. I'm um I'm supposed to be going back to Garland School District to do some presentations for them, but I have not yet to schedule anything at this present time. Okay, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make sure that we, especially myself, try to do something where we can have that presentation done and let people know because, like I said, just sitting in your class and I was just in awe of so much that may go on under our nose. Yes. And, and you know, it's t- like you said, it's time for us to be educated um, outside of the church, within the church, uh, even as adults. Like things have changed from the time I grew up up until now, and especially it made me look at what the people of today have to deal with, not just young people, but just people in general, you know. So, and, and also even having to be, the more understanding, especially what caught my attention was that that Romeo mentality, you know, mm-hmm. where yes. where you, you know someone have earned their trust and yet still that person have an ill motive, and so now it's almost like one type of person or one group of people can make all guys look bad, you know. Yes. So so I, I really thank you 
for coming on the air and and what we're gonna do. If you don't mind, before we get ready to close, uh, do you have any closing remarks? No, I do want to say I do. I'm sorry. I do want to yeah, say ahead, this um, that a lot of times when kids run away and they come back home, sometimes they're rejected from their their culture. Mm-hmm. They're rejected from the community. They're rejected from the school because you know kids are mean. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when kids find out what you have been through, they don't sympathize. Only thing they look at is, oh, she was selling her body, that she was selling her body, or he was selling his body, not knowing that they were forced to do these type of things. And so a lot of times when kids are um, rescued, they end up running away again because of the rejection. And so I just want to let anyone know that if you've been a victim and you come back home, don't worry about rejection. Worry about getting help to help you heal because the opinion of someone else does not make you. There's a thing that we do with our girls where we show them money, and we'll rip that money up and tell them, do you still want it? And they're like, yeah. And we let them know that's the same thing with someone that's been trafficked. You can be stepped on, you can be torn apart, but yet you still can heal with the proper help. And so I encourage anyone that's out there that if they need help, step up. It may be hard, you may feel like you can't do it, but I promise you, God is with you every step of the way. And I thank you. I thank you for inviting me um, to talk about human trafficking because I believe it is a serious subject, and I just want to educate people. And so I hope that your listeners um, have gained some knowledge and and hungry for more knowledge. Um, I hope they do email me with questions or just ask me about trafficking, period. I'd be more than glad to answer their questions. Well, I definitely, definitely thank you much, and I'm not going to hold you anymore. But uh, I want to, I want everyone to please thank Miss Craig for blessing us with the information that's going to be able to really just help us be more insightful, but also even be aware. It may not happen to you directly, but you might help someone to get relieved or rescued from trafficking. And so we definitely, definitely, definitely thank you. And just in case someone who may not have written down her information, feel free to contact me, and I'll make sure to relay the message. And Miss Craig, I really, really thank you much. And this is not the first, this is not the last time that you're going to be on the air. This may be the first <laughs> time, but it won't be your last time, you know. So I, I thank you much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish. Well, you know what? Before you get off the air, what we're gonna do? We're gonna pray. I was gonna pray. After y'all, but I want to go ahead and pray while you're on the air to let okay. to pray for you and pray for your ministry. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us, God, to be able to come together to get informed, God, of this serious issue. God, we ask Lord to bless the instructor, God, bless her in every area of her life, God. Thank you, Lord, for helping her to bless us, God. And God, we ask you, Lord, to open up many doors, God, so she can be able to come in, God, to be able to just minister to us and inform us, God, and what's going on, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for how you 
bless us, God, even through her, God. And, God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing yeah. already, what you've already done. And, God, we speak, God, for those who may be in trafficking right now, God. God, help them, God, to get rescued, God. Protect them, God. Yeah. God, we speak, God, even for those who may try to Get into it, God. Those like those Romeos or those gorillas, God. God, we speaking, God, that you touch their heart, touch their mind, yes. God, to do the right thing right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speaking, God, for those who may have been a victim of it, God. God, we speaking, God, that you heal their minds, hear their emotions right now, God. The mental anguish that they didn't dealt with, God. God help them, God, to seek the help, God. And God help us, God, to provide help for them right now. In the name of Jesus. And we find everything the devil stand for. We count for his assignment, and we send him back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the rescuing, God. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony, God, of many who will be rescued from this, God. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. And Lord, we speaking, God, for those who may be listening right now, God, helping God to spread forth the word right now, God. And yeah. God, maybe those who may not be saved, God, giving that desire, God, to accept you, God, into their lives right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. My honor, my honor, and to be continued. All right. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) All right. Take care now. All right. All right. I thank each and every one who tuned in. I want to ask you all to continuously keep Miss Craig up in prayer and also pray for those who who are also teaching this serious subject. I want to thank each and one who tuned in and supported this program. If you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to contact me. I'm on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Brother Prater. You can read my daily devotions or videos on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You can see my daily devotions, my upcoming events, and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section in my website, and you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform the men the needs and responsibilities towards their family, children, their spouse, or even their children's mother, and also to inform the women the needs of men and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. Each and every one who tuned in, thank you also once again for our special guest, Ms. Craig, and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night. <laughs>